Hello, my name is Jody Lima, and welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk of the children's books we love. On this twice-monthly podcast, posted on the first and third Monday of each month, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts about their own favorite children's books. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Natalie Rampella. Uh, she's author of the middle grade book Cookie Cutter and Sled Runners and the nonfiction picture book The World Never Sleeps. And we're going to be talking about the middle grade graphic novel Ghosts by uh, Raina Telgemeier. Uh, but first, as always, I'm going to start with a poem. And this one's a little bit longer, and the title of it is Leavings. It was written by Naomi Shahab Nye, and she's the Young People's Poet Laureate from 2019 to 2021. And I found this particular poem in her poetry collection, Cast Away. And it's a poem in several parts. Leavings. One. People were never trash. Under the highway bridge, in a bombed city, encamped under tarps, people were still sons, teachers, teenagers who wanted better clothes, saxophonists, hairdressers, fruit vendors, bus drivers, DJs, good dancers, grandmas, nurses, photographers, computer experts, maintenance technicians, managers, shoe salesmen, excellent science students, and something had gone wrong along the way. Maybe it was not their fault, or maybe there were steps they could take toward improvement. But people were never trash, just as leaves were never litter. Roots of a tree go deep. Under the sidewalk, Below the ancient foundation, patient beyond measure. What they have to survive. Leaves piling on sidewalks after months of drought deserve to be there as much as we do. 2. Long ago, my friend David said, More depends on good timing than on anything else. And even though we were young, I knew he was right. If that single telephone number had stayed safe in your pocket... Instead of blowing away from your lap, a whole different life? 3. A preacher asked, Can you imagine having to push every single thing you own everywhere you go on wheels? Try putting all your troubles in a grocery cart and taking them with you every day. That's what homeless means. Troubles and treasures all in one cart. A weary woman has appeared at his front door with her mounded burdens asking if she could park for a while. Camps of refugees exist all over the world, where one clean space to sleep, away from the filth and stench, might feel like a miracle. 4. A boy took bits of trash he found on a walk and dumped them in the yard, arranging them as one person's story. First the man lost his sandpaper. His baby was sucking on a blue pacifier, which is kind of like a baby's cigarette. But the baby lost it when they crossed the street and cried very hard. The mom was eating a fried cherry pie. The little girl lost her spelling homework with dust and trust on it. And here it is, see? Too bad she was a good speller. They all dropped their bus transfers in a big wind and read this torn-up newspaper to find out what to do next. 5. We have no idea... My guest today is Natalie Rampella, author of numerous educational guides for young readers, as well as the middle grade book Cookie Cutter and Sled Runners, and the nonfiction picture book The World Never Sleeps. 
you can find her website at natalierumpella.com. Uh, thank you for joining me, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, I mentioned this uh, nonfiction picture book, The World Never Sleeps, which is uh, a book about animals and in their various uh, habitats. And you've written a lot of educational guides, but this is a different sort of book. It was a, a nonfiction book about animals, but a different sort of format. Why don't you talk a little bit about the process of writing that or why you decided to write a picture book in this case? So I did work at the Peggy Noterbart Nature Museum in Chicago. Um, I, as a child did not like insects whatsoever. I was petrified of them. Um, and it wasn't until I was teaching that I became interested in insects. It was all inspired from a National Geographic cover, actually, with a beetle on the cover. But with this book, I became interested in the fact that different arthropods, spiders, centipedes, insects, all do different things at different times of the day and night. So I really wanted to show um, something different that's happening with a different critter during the day and the night. So yeah, I guess I wanted to make it kind of like a, a story about each. So each spread is a mini story about one of those arthropods. And was it, is it, I assume there's the same sort of research that goes into, of course, an educational book, but the, the, the writing itself is a little bit different. So I already had a lot of the research um, before I began, I guess. And yeah, I guess it was just more so trying to find something different that that creature does and making a very short story about that, whether it's eating or hunting or hiding um, and finding a way to make each one unique. Now, I understand you've been both a school teacher and a museum educator and um, and a lot of that experience and sort of your interest uh, inform a lot of your books. And I'm just wondering, uh, are there other ways that both the things inform the, the approach when you're because you're writing books specifically for kids? So how those experience writing for both fiction and nonfiction for kids? Right. And I mean, with this book, one of my main goals was trying to make kids appreciate creatures. I do a lot of school visits for this book and I have, you know, various photos of insects up and I, I kind of watch the faces of the different kids and some kind of cover their eyes. Um, and by the end, they're a little bit more willing to look at the screen and, and um, are interested in what I have to say. So that was one of my goals with this is trying to make it sound, I guess, beautiful um, for each of the creators. So like uh, I have centipedes in my book. And if you do any research online about centipedes, uh, just about everything is negative. Um, the way they describe them is negative. Nobody seems to like house centipedes. So in my book, I wanted to not make it a negative. Um, they actually are helpful in the home because they eat various pests in your home. So I wanted to just have it, a story about a centipede and just kind of, you know, something that they do. And so that was kind of my goal in writing this was having each one just telling what that creature does and having a beautiful picture to go with it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about doing these presentations about insects and you do uh, uh, presentations about writing as mm -hmm. well for kids. And just wondering if you talk a little bit about uh, what those presentations are, are like as well. Right. So with the writing ones, um, I talk about the insect book and as well, my cookie cutters book. And um, I like to talk about the fact how important word choice is. Um, with the insect book, I tried to have very active verbs on the page, um, talking about how different insects require different types of verbs, um, depending on, you know, they each move differently and things like that. Talking about the importance of strong characters, I share um, about how I formed my characters, how I formed my setting. Uh, with cookie cutters, I actually traveled to Alaska for research and 
you know, it was such sensory detail going to Alaska and really being able to use that in my book. I'm wondering with with your presentation on insects, do you find that kids who are a little squeamish at first start to come around a little bit? Yes, definitely. Uh, do you find yourself? Uh, I know you said you had this your own aversion for to mm-hmm. insects when you were younger. Yes, uh, is that s- still or is it? Because I I still have a certain squeamish my, okay. myself <laughs> uh, that I, I I work with sometimes. Uh, but do you, is it still there? Is there are there just when you see something, it's just sort of um, you know it's more fascinating than anything else, or are there right. still moments when it's still there's little... really not. I just, I totally view them in a different way. Um, I kind of think of them as pieces of art now. As I said, that National Geographic cover looked like a work of art um, of this beetle. And ever since seeing that, I just, now I can view them in a different way and and think about um, all of their, you know, different adaptations and um, all the different colors they are and sizes. And I just uh, appreciate them. And I really don't have any fear anymore. I think I will need to work on that then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, are there other things you're are currently uh, working on as well? So I do have a middle grade novel that I've worked on for years and years and recently decided that I'm attempting to change it into a graphic novel. Um, and this is a new area for me. I did not grow up reading comic books. Um, it's, it's a brand new type of thing, um, but I'm really enjoying trying to uh, change it up a little bit. And and what do you, how is that what is that process uh, like of moving uh, because graphic novel you're, I assume you're not doing the illustrations you're sort of I'm adapting. not okay. <laughs> no I wish okay. I wish I could do that no so um, I attended a workshop talking about how to do it and it's almost like uh, maybe writing a play or something like that where you have all of these you know you write about what the setting is like what you picture the characters doing you know looking angry turn toward the other character, things like that. And then, you know, the dialogue is kind of the focus and it really gets you to trim down a lot of the narration. So it's a very different way of looking at the the same story, the same book, same characters, mm-hmm. but looking at them in a very different way. Right, right. There was a lot um, that I need to trim. Uh, even the dialogue, you know, looking at published graphic novels and seeing just, you know, how tight it is. I'm really having to change that with my novel. And speaking of graphic novels, the book you picked as one of your favorites is is another graphic novel, uh, the book uh, Ghosts by uh, Raina uh, Telgemeier, which was uh, published in 2016. Uh, And for readers who haven't had a chance to uh, read this particular book yet, can you talk a little bit about what it's about? Sure. So, and this was one of my first graphic novels that I had read, my daughter. 10-year-old who's very into them. And because they were in the home, I decided, you know, let me pick one up and see what it's like. And just, I fell in love with this one. Um, So the plot is that Kat's family just needs to move. Uh, They moved to Northern California. And it turns out it's because her sister Maya has cystic fibrosis and that's where the treatment is being offered. So the family moves there. Um, And the town is very big on uh, ghosts, and they do a very big uh, Day of the Dead festival each year. And the main character is very skeptical about the ghosts. She doesn't like the concept of death and ghosts. And so it's really about her uh, opening up and uh, kind of getting to a point of comfort with just this new life of hers for the most part. 
Like you mentioned, Kat is the main character, and it's really about her. But it's also about this kind of complicated relationship with her sister, Maya, who Mm -hmm. you mentioned has cystic fibrosis. And so her trying to deal with how she feels about Mm -hmm. the both, you know, way she feels about her, about how her parents treat her, about her sister and herself. You talk a little bit about what that relationship is and uh, between her and her sister. Um, So, right. Kat's sister's younger and uh, Kat feels very protective of her sister. They kind of go out exploring and um, the weather isn't really good for Maya. And, you know, Kat's very concerned about her. And yeah, just the concept of in the book, you know, there's these ghosts and Kat doesn't want her sister kind of to become close to them. She just she really fears for her sister's safety, I guess. In the end, it was interesting, though, because her sister, Maya, also was scared for Kat. I don't know if you remember that part of the book. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes, I do. So Maya, uh, near the end, I don't know if I'm supposed to be giving anything away with the book, but um, they kind of confront a ghost and Maya admits that she's scared that if something does happen to her, that her sister won't do well because she she has difficulty making friends. And so that was kind of interesting that they both have this fear about the other one. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, she's got this uh, sense of protection that she you know, she's afraid of what might happen to her. Same time, she sometimes has this sort of um, you know the of feeling the odd one out because her parents need to devote so much uh, mm-hmm. time to her, and so she feels sometimes a little bit jealous and then a little guilty about feeling that way. So it's a mm-hmm. kind of uh, complicated thing, and probably something that kids of similar you know with similar sort of relationships in their own family could relate to that it's you 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 want to help sometimes but sometimes you want to and sometimes she wants to just get away too and that she feels bad right. about getting away as well right i just yeah it seemed like just it was such a great showing of just kind of the typical tween or teen of all the emotions they're feeling about yeah kind of being embarrassed about the family but then yeah feeling bad and feeling like they don't fit in it just kind of covered everything as you mentioned, the, the ghosts show up pretty early in the book, and we sort of get uh, sort of a vague idea of, of what they are. We don't really know why they're there or what they might want, and uh, and so they're and they're actual ghosts. But uh, the idea of ghosts is sort of this um, almost like a, a metaphor for how Cat is feeling towards or thinking about her sister situation. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes throughout. You could talk a little bit about just how the what the ghosts might. Re- represent uh, for Kat just in thinking about her own sister and her own fears about about illness and death, I guess. She fears, you know, that her sister is going to die. And I think the more that she sees the ghosts, she kind of feels that that death is getting closer. And, and she kind of, I think she thinks if out of sight, out of mind, if she doesn't think about these awful things, that they won't actually happen. And so to me, she's kind of trying to avoid um, by avoiding the ghosts. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think so. She's, it's, it's, it's interesting in the beginning, except for a couple of pages, there's very shapeless sort of things uh, mm-hmm. for the most part for her. She, they don't mm-hmm. really become defined until later on that they become much more uh, real to her and, sure. uh, and not as frightening uh, to her. But they're much more sort of these sort of blobs that are ill-defined blobs at first. So they're a little scary because she's not sure what to make of them. 
probably has a lot more to do with she's not quite sure what to think. And that's probably true for a lot of uh, young people. It's interesting. This is a, I mean, this is a book for younger uh, readers. And for a lot of them, you know, death is kind of an abstraction. In this book, it is a book about, you know, death and mortality, although nobody actually dies in the course of the story. Uh, and I wonder how it, for, especially for young readers, how do you think it helps them to uh, process something that for many of them is just kind of this idea that doesn't really mean much to them or it's it, it's just kind of something in the movies or it doesn't unless they've really experienced something in their own life it just has a kind of an unreality to it yeah i just i really liked uh the tone of the book and just how the author did address it in such a I'm trying to think it's almost subtle way at first and it, it just it seemed to almost like open up a conversation where somebody who was kind of uh, worried about death or has some situation in their family um, could kind of look at this and just see it's just done in such a beautiful way, the way that she addresses it and, you know, not to be scared, just that whole thing about denial that cat uh, is feeling just starting to either accept it or be willing to talk more about it. Um, and that's kind of what I took from it. I should point out that even we're talking a lot about here about ghosts and death and all that, but this is not a gloomy book. This is not, not at a, all. No. no. So this is actually, in, in many parts, in, in many ways, it's, it can be a very funny, very humorous book. Oh, yes. And, and I'm sorry, how does the author sort of balance, you know, about these very, very, very heavy subjects, but but – Making a book that doesn't feel like it's 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 a burden to read. It's it's because it's it's a it's a lot of fun to read actually. It is, yeah. And I actually I had a page I wanted to share. Oh, absolutely. So Cat starts school in the new town and um, meets a girl. Um, so the girl is sharing about um, the Day of the Dead festival, and um, the friend said, "Last year I met the cutest boy I ever see have ever seen." And Kat said, you did? And she says, yes. Too bad he's been dead for over a century. And so I just thought that was kind of cute. Um, but there's a lot of cute lines like that of, yeah, it's just, it's so kind of lighthearted in places. And Kat herself is, is is you know, a, a, a typical teen in many ways. You know, she's mm -hmm. just, you know, she she makes mistakes. She's She kind of fumbles things a lot. She's basically a good person at heart. And you get that sense of her. Definitely. And just trying to find her place. Now, since this is a graphic novel, um, you know, certainly the the story, the characters, the dialogue is important, but, you know, the illustrations um, mm -hmm. are a big part of it. And you talk a little bit about what are the what are the illustration? What is the picture? And I know I think uh, Raina does her own. Uh, I think mm -hmm. Yes. Them completely yourself. Cause, and she has a certain style. You can kind of recognize mm -hmm. uh, she's uh, she's had several books out now of her particular style. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the book, she talks about kind of, um, you know, how she did actually sketch at the Day of the Dead, some of the, the pictures. But as I said, I was new to this whole idea of graphic novels and of how it works. And so part of why I picked up this book was because I wanted to understand how you break up um, the storyline with the different panels, um, you know, how many panels are on a page and things like that. Yeah, this one is really lovely just because it has so many great scenes in it of the town and um, it's by the water. And then we have the whole the Day of the Dead scenes. Um, yeah, they're just beautiful. 
Now, since you mentioned early, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, this is uh, a, a book you picked up to read to your child because it's something you know, graphic novels is something you really hadn't gravitated to, and it reminded me, you know, when I was I used to be a teacher, and I it sort of was probably a little dismissive of graphic novels until I <laughs> uh, picked up this uh, series of bone books uh, by Jeff Smith and read with my my own son, and it kind of opened my eyes as to the possibility of graphic novels. Um, and, and now that you've had a chance to read, and, and uh, you, I assume you've read other graphic novels uh, mm -hmm. as well, um, do you think there's, uh, both for yourself but just in general, that graphic novels are starting to get more acceptance as a legitimate form of literature. They're not just easy reads, in other right. words, uh, but they're actually, you know, substantial books in their own right. And for, for teachers and ev everybody should be taking them, you know, mm -hmm. a little more seriously. Right. No, I, they have just really taken off. I mean, so many books now, classic books are being turned into graphic novels. Um, and kids who normally maybe wouldn't pick up a book are, are reading these instead. Um, I think it's just interesting with the mix of the illustrations and the words that you do need to stop and, and also examine what's happening through the pictures, you know, whether it's their expression or something shown in the background. Um, so it's kind of almost like a different type of skill that's being used um, because you are having to to gather things from various places on the page. It also just seems like when I think of my own son, he reads a lot of graphic novels too. And, you know, they, you, you, there's different complexities. Um, you can start off with a simpler one and then they do, you know, there's harder ones. Um, and so I think it, it's just a great way to get kids interested in reading in general. Oh, I think so. I know with my own son, he, he we read that, and then later on, he got the the set of uh, graphic novels, uh, March about the life of John Lewis. So, um, so uh, one kind of you know the the format of one led to something you know dealing with a you know a, a piece of history. So there's there's a lot of different you know like you said and different levels of graphic novels out there that are uh, definitely worth looking into. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of nonfiction now it's that's starting to also um, they're starting to create graphic novels that are more nonfiction, as you said. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, but certainly worth checking out this one if you if if, if you want to start with a novel, it's a, it might as well start out with something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started. I'm reading Smile now, so enjoying that as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Natalie, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time both to talk to me about um, your own books and your presentations and for talking to me about uh, this book, Ghosts, which gave me a chance to reread it. I'd read it a while back, but it gave me, it's always nice to be able to reread book that I enjoyed the first time. Oh, good. Yeah, no, wonderful book. It was really great talking with you, too. You can find Natalie's website at natalierumpella.com. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music, titled All Together, is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art was created through Canva, which can be found at www.canva.com. You can visit me at jleemont.com or follow me on Twitter at DreamGardensJLM. The Dream Gardens podcast is also available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. 
And if you'd like to participate in the Dream Gardens podcast, go to the contact page on my website and send me a note telling me who you are and what book you'd like to talk about. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading. Keep reading.